0: Kia ora, and welcome to of Assign, the podcast. Today's episode is a, a bit of a bonus episode. We recorded this at the very, very beginning of this year, and then life sort of got in the way. And I had kind of settled on not sharing it, but then I guess um, the moment we find ourselves in and some conversations I had recently encouraged me that maybe, maybe, it might be something that some of you might find interesting or worthwhile. So yeah, hope you enjoy it and look forward to hearing your feedback. And welcome to When Lambs Are Signed, the podcast. You're here with Aaron, and once again, we've got Summer with us. Hey, Summer.
1: Somehow I'm back. Hello.
0: So, welcome to 2021, uh, the first podcast of the year. Um, Yeah, what are we talking about today, Summer?
1: Um, We're talking about mental health and um, a bit of our story. Yeah,
0: it's going to be great. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was just reflecting on the end of 2020. um, and I think it was probably a, a rough year for a lot of us, um, COVID-19, and um, the normal challenges of life that, you know, we've all faced. Uh, and, you know, the end of the year, I think I was feeling a little bit down. Uh, there's been a lot of things that I planned, things that I wanted to achieve. Um, even, oh, that's Martin, by the way, he's hanging out with us for this episode, um, even, uh, even in relation to the podcast I had some you know, you'll notice that the last series sort of ended quite abruptly. I had some really big plans for the election series that I never got round to and um also some plans for, you know, December and, and Christmas and just, you know, regarding how my mental health was at the time it just didn't happen. Um so yeah, had me feeling a little bit down and been reflecting on that as we've come into 2021. Uh, and another thing like I guess I reflected on is, you know, we were ending the year was just the state of the pandemic and, and the effect that that has on all of our mental health, but also on those who are maybe working in the social sector or on spaces where they're caring for people. I think there's been a a, new, a different sort of dynamic that, that those people have been dealing with. and I guess we'll talk about that a little bit in this episode.
1: Sounds good.
0: Awesome. Well... As I said, Martin's joining us here, so hopefully he won't speak too loud. You're going know, to keep it down, mate. But if, that, if you hear that in the background, it's not your own baby. It's this guy. Well, let's get into it. Okay, sorry. Mm. You're starting. what's up to you. You're interviewing me.
1: Okay, so Aaron, you talk and write quite a lot about mental health, um, and we know that you've struggled with um, some mental Ill health, Ill health yourself. Where where did that all start for you? Where was where was the beginning? How old were you? Yeah,
0: where did it start? I mean, that's a <laughs> that's a big question. Um, but I guess you know I. I, I don't remember not having this experience of depression. Like, when I was young, I didn't really know what the name of it was. Um, but I guess it's just something that's always been with me.
1: And was there any specific, like, things you remember when you were quite quite young? Any um, thing that stuck out, a specific um, time or instance that stuck out in your mind?
0: I guess it's mostly, um, you know, the feelings. I remember... Being a kid and just feeling really overwhelmed with despair, um, just feeling really disconnected and unfeeling. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and just pain. I had this big experience of just being in pain and not knowing what that was about and where that was coming from or what to do about it. And at the time, it was just what it was. You know, I didn't really have any words to describe it or even know that it was a thing. Um, it just was.
1: How was uh, sort of depression and mental health uh, talked about or thought of um, in that time when you were sort of feeling that way?
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was ever directly spoken about, but I guess you get all of these, or I did anyway, these these um, messages from society that you sort of just absorb as a kid and Um, I guess the image of someone that was depressed was someone who was really like couldn't do anything was really shut down that was I guess weak um, was sort of the word that I had in my mind for some reason though I couldn't tell you where that came from Um, and then on the other side you know coming from a Christian context the conversations around the depression and specifically around suicide was you know I remember a conversation when I was at Laylaw College and we were talking about um you know talking about depression and suicide and it came up and the whole debate around you know does a suicidal person go to hell and the overwhelming majority of people seem to land on yeah they would and then I also grew up in in quite a Pentecostal context and there's some there's some great things about the Pentecostal tradition which I still hold to but but one of the I guess things that came out of that was this idea of um, you know you got to hold on to your healing sort of thing you know speak it out and it'll be so in a way you You know, if we're feeling sad or we're feeling low or, you know, things going on, then we need to speak the truth that we want, you know, speak joy, speak happiness, don't, you know, don't dwell on the feelings. Um, And that made it really hard for me, I guess, deal with what I was going through because I just felt like I needed to be strong enough, you know, I just needed to be faithful, just needed to have faith that, you know, I'd feel better, I'd feel different. That didn't always work out.
1: That sounds like a pretty... Difficult environment to be dealing with so much um, emotions inside. Was there any way you were able to express that or share with that with anyone when you were young?
0: No, not really. Um, not for myself, anyway. Um, I guess it's it, there's there's a lot here around. I guess the culture around masculinity that we also have, like one of the strongest messages. I feel like I got when i was young was you know toughen up um you know like men just carry on we we push through we we're hard and we don't you know we don't let things get on top of us and this was you know the sort of pull yourself up by your bootstraps sort of thing was a real message that i think got dropped into me through the you know the world that i was in and around which is i mean new zealand culture in a lot of ways but no it wasn't really something that i felt like i could i could talk about I, and i guess in a way i didn't really have the language for it i didn't know what was going on you know when you have these feelings or thoughts or experiences from a very very young age i mean what do you compare it to i didn't know that i wasn't that it wasn't normal it just was
1: and so i mean obviously you're talking about it quite publicly now what um what enabled you and, and where did you get to that you were able to start start opening up?
0: Yeah, that was a journey. A really a really long journey. I remember when I was sixteen and I think it got to I got pretty bad at the time and um I had quite constant um thoughts around suicide and you know, there was a day where I think I got pretty close and I don't really know how to articulate this experience so much. I remember this, this experience of, you know, I can only call it, you know, God. You know at the time, a lot of my mental scripts were really negative. Um, I really struggled to love myself or to care about myself. Um, and I guess I developed a real self-hatred, um, really strong. And I remember these words just being spoken to my soul, which was... You don't need to care about what you think about yourself, what others think. Just think about what I think of you. Um and I had this belief about God that God was a God of love. And that God loved powerfully, dramatically. And and I guess that's something that really grounded me at that that moment, that moment of time. And that held me for a period, but it didn't really get rid of what I was feeling. Um but I think in that moment, I found some tools to keep myself alive, at least. I started to develop some some ways of, I guess, coping or dealing with it. And I still didn't have a name for it or even know what it was. Um it probably wasn't until me and you, Summer, so started going out that I started to, started to come to grips with it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and I know um, it wasn't very long after we started going out that you were able to... Uh, share that with me but i know that that was really really hard for you what was that experience like sort of opening up for the very first time to someone about about what you have been going through for so long
0: yeah it was a really jarring experience to be honest i mean like i'd said i'd always had this experience of depression and and i don't know how to describe that to someone who maybe hasn't had that experience not in words not spoken anyway but I just remember that I guess when we were dating I was in the first point in my life where I had a reason to be happy you know I wanted to be happy and I wasn't you know and I didn't and I was and I wasn't you know I I don't know how to so put words to that but it was really jarring because here I was at a time in my life where I was really stoked to be going out with this amazing woman who I really (laughs) like loved and that's a total another story Um, but at the same time I was like really really wrestling with this depression and I started to think man this isn't normal like what's going on but it was really hard to speak about that or vocalise that because I had this huge fear that you know if it was depression if it was real that you know that this amazing woman would love me that she'd see me as weak that I would be weak that I would be unfaithful to God you know that Would mean that I was that I had a weak faith, yeah. So it was it was really hard, and probably one of the things that really pushed me, that made it almost undeniable. Because I mean, at this stage, I had been working as a youth worker for a long period of time, and it was becoming a bit hard when you're helping others deal with their mental health to start to keep ignoring my own. Um, But I remember I was in this training that was all about like suicide prevention, and they listed, I think it was six things. Uh, signs that someone is at risk of suicide um, and is struggling with depression. And I was, at that time, ticking off almost all six. And that sort of was a bit of a wake-up call for me.
1: So um, you were able to share, you know, initially share it with me, with one person. How then were you able to start um, start opening up and start, of, start facing um, something you kept kept to your kept to yourself for so long. What what kind of were the the next steps after that?
0: Yeah, I mean that first moment of of sharing that with you, Summer, was probably the hardest. Yeah, one of the hardest things I'd ever done at the time. It was really difficult to to come to that space, but I, I guess I was able to do that because because of you and how much you cared for me at the time, and really were there for me and created a safe space so I could do that. But after that, I got the courage or hashtag was dragged um, to talk to our amazing um, mentor and friend Libby Hunt her if you love a messy you probably know um, who sort of looks after everyone and yeah she was someone who was able to validate I guess the experience that I was happening and say hey like this is real um, this isn't something that's fake that, and it's just in your head and start pointing me in the direction around how to get help.
1: Yeah and I'll share just um, just a moment of my experience of that. I um had never really been close to someone who was managing sort of some mental ill health, and it was good that Aaron felt safe enough to open up to me, and I could tell it was really important my my reaction, and I I cared a great deal for him, even though we hadn't been going out for very long, and <laughs> I um but I had known him for a long time, and I think. I felt a sort of responsibility to be, yeah, to be sensitive to something I didn't understand, but it was really good because in a way it was understanding something um, that had always been there. So it was sharing um, sort of a deepness and and a reason for sometimes um, the way that you you might go about things with the way that you acted. And so I was able to understand you in, in a deeper way. And because I already cared about you, then I was able to um, to yeah to have a better understanding of what you were going through. And I even remember talking to you and asking you sometimes what, what you were feeling and it was so hard for you to explain to me. But when we had got engaged and we did some marriage counseling, they talked about getting people to explain things in pictures. Um, And so I remember asking you, like, how do you feel and when you couldn't tell me asking you to tell me what a picture of how you felt was. And I really wanted to understand because um, for me and my personality, I find it hard to empathize with people sometimes. But um, if they can explain to me about what's going on, I can I can care and serve and um, and do do what needs to be done for those people that I love. So, um, yeah, so we've been both been on a bit of a journey. And that, but um, after that, it's been something quite uh, big, big for you. And um, because you are always, um, you work with people who who s- struggle with their mental health um, in, in many different ways. How do you think that your personal experiences has impacted on uh, your work, and um, particularly with young people?
0: After I started to come to grips that this was depression and naming that that was probably almost harder than <laughs> ignoring it um for a period of time it really shook a lot of my own beliefs about myself um i had to deal with all this stigma i guess and yeah negative thoughts that i had around what depression was and what it meant for i guess discrimination of what it meant to be mentally unwell um, and I had to really come to a place of, I guess, even understanding for myself what it meant and what it was, um, and that it didn't make me less or weak or, or something other, um, that it was part of, you know, my experience and, and just something that I was, I was working through. In terms of how it's impacted my work, I mean, I, I, I definitely wouldn't be who I was, I am now without this experience and. So it's it's, it's so sort of weird to think of that but I think I've been learning more and more around how to learn from this experience of depression rather than just seeing it as an enemy to fight and that was the way I used to think of it a lot um, when I was really coming to grips with it for a long time and it was helpful like language at a time around fighting with depression I never wanted to be a victim of it um, but now I can see a lot of what it's teaching me and what it's taught me um, and one of those things is I guess I've yeah, I don't know how to exactly put it into words but I guess learn to love people learn how to be sympathetic or empathetic to people in a way that maybe I, I'm not sure if I would be able to without this
1: you um, seem to me um, as far as my experience someone who actually manages um, this very well um, I, there are many struggles and many ups and downs being um, so close to you Um but you, you definitely take ownership of of dealing with it and managing it, and don't um, don't try to um, push that off anywhere. What kind of what kind of strategies and things have you like developed or learned over time, or ways of thinking? You've just you've mentioned some, but are there any others? Um, that over this time that you've been processing and thinking and even working with other people managing for themselves um anything that you've learned
0: um yeah i was just laughing there as um someone was saying how well i manage this apparently um laughing because i think probably the last six months has probably been i don't think i've managed my mental health all that well and there's so much to that, which maybe we'll talk about soon. But yeah, I think everyone's experience is really different and um, people experience this in different ways and so I wouldn't want to assume that what's worked for me or what oh, worked in air quotes, <laughs> like what, I, what I've what I learned to, to manage it for myself is going to be the same as, as others um, or even possible for others. Some people's experiences is is radically different than mine, so so acknowledge that. But for me, one thing is is, I mean, there's all the generic stuff around, you know, trying to exercise and eat and and do all that, you know, as healthy as you can and get enough sleep, which is all things that I don't do well at all. So I don't really know what you're on about. So what are you talking about?
1: So it must be hard as you are working and supporting people who are struggling with their own mental health to then be. Be struggling and managing yourself. How does, um, how do those things work together?
0: Look, I think a lot more of us probably have challenges with mental health than we maybe talk about. That's something that it seems to become more and more clear to me. Um, but in terms of like managing, uh, managing is even the right word, but you know, like journeying with depression and then being involved in a job which. Um, which is pretty high intensity and where you're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff day to day. Figuring out how to do that well has been a journey in and of itself. I, I Sort of the end of this year, um, I finally paused and like I said, like it's been probably some of the hardest six months that it's been for a while. Um, and then something just totally obvious occurred to me Um, that, you know, we've just gone through a year of a pandemic, and I know that experience has been hard for a lot of people in different ways, but I know for myself and and for those who have been working in the social sector, or at least in in roles where you're supporting vulnerable people, um, there's been this extra thing to it, you know, like, We've had to manage our own mental health and, and try to do that well and, and look after our families and, and our kids and um, and the people that are close to us and, and support them through some really emotional and hard times. And then on top of that, we've been supporting every day some really vulnerable people who are really going through some real hard times through the anxiety and fear of a pandemic. And um, I think that extra part of managing this whole year that was 2020 um, has definitely had an effect um, for a lot of us and I know it did um, myself. What I'm learning to do is instead of I guess like I said before fighting or resisting um, depression but to I guess learn from it when I have these seasons lean into them learning that it's a uh, maybe a warning sign or a reminder that I need to look after myself better um, that I need to do things that I know are good for me, whether that be going to the gym or actually making sure that I eat lunch maybe once a week. Summer's <laughs> giving me a look there. Um, you know, like have time for myself, go to a cafe, you know, read my book, or you know, do some writing or whatever that is. That's it's going to be good for me. Like, I find it really hard to prioritise myself, and you know, when you're working, and I think that's experience is pretty normal for people that. In the caring profession, you know, we get into it because we care about people, but it's really important that actually we look after ourselves through that. We're the saying at work um, quality relationships start with self care, and basically, that we can't look after others if we don't look after ourselves. So, something that I'm really good at teaching others to do, um, and something that I know that I need to do better for myself.
1: You always have a great deal of good advice that you don't listen to, Aaron. (laughs) Thanks for calling me out um something else that's challenging when you're you're journeying with um mental health and struggles with mental health is um as being a a partner and a parent as well i know that uh, for me as being sort of your main support person that it can be a challenge to understand where you're coming from and i think even though I think we've been married almost five and a half years now, which is, you know, nothing compared to some people. But uh, I still feel that I've got a really long journey to understanding where, what's going on for you, how to best support you, how to not feel pressured to that I have somehow failed when your mental health is not good that to not blame myself for that and also to figuring out how to let you have time and space when when you need it and figuring out how to be there best for you when you need me figuring out how to have my own mental breakdowns such as they are and um (laughs) and (laughs) yeah just Doing, doing life together um, can be challenging, and I think we've probably found it even the most challenging having children, um, particularly a baby who is still awake. It's almost 10 o'clock. Little sleep doesn't help the constant, being needed constantly. I mean, I, I find that, that challenging, and I don't, I'm not sort of journeying with um depression the way you are. How of how's how's that going for you?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean it's been hard. I remember when we first had our first boy, Weasley, um one of the biggest fears I had was that it would affect him. I know that, you know, if you've got a family member that or a parent that, that experiences depression that the the reality is that you're more I don't know if the word's at risk, you know, there's 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 more of a chance that you'll develop it yourself. And that was a real fear that I had, um, you know, and, and, and really a real sadness that I'm, I'm not always my best self for my boys or for Summer or for you, you know, like there's something I really hate about it and I really struggle with. But I guess some really good advice I got from my good mate, Josh Taylor at the time, was just to be real and to be open and to be honest about it. And that actually... You know, like if our kids understand what's going on for us and if we can, as much as we can, explain how we're feeling and not ignore it, then there's no reason for them to to feel like it's their fault or they're to blame for why I'm acting the way I am today. Um can help them have understanding. And so I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm motivated to be open and to be honest. You know, like I, I want to create something different for my kids. Um, I want my little boys to grow up and you know if they feel like if they have these feelings that they they can reach out you know if they're experiencing this or anything else that they're that it's just normal to talk about um that they can get help it's not saying they feel they have to hide or be ashamed of but yeah you're right it is it is difficult you know i guess this last you know <laughs> i don't know how um People with more than two kids do it. We we're only on two. There'd be a whole bunch of people listening to this, but thinking we're noobs. But um, mate, when we had the second one, it's like a whole new ball game, you know. Um, and it's been exhausting, and it's been hard. And you love them to bits, but at the same time, you know, there's months without sleep or rest, or and it just hasn't been great for <laughs> my mental health as we've tried to sort of journey through that. And so, yeah, it's been really hard to find you don't time to be able to do the things that like you need to do to stay healthy and to stay well. And yeah, I guess besides from it being hard, I'm not sure what else to say.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a different season. Um, and I mean, just as a, a mother, I struggle to figure out how to, to find time to, to rest even if I don't have any time. <laughs> um, but what like maybe you can share with us a couple of um things that you found really helpful recently in this season, um, apart from eating and exercise and, and sleeping, is there anything else that that in the busyness of, of being a father and a very passionate youth worker and someone who basically just wants to change a world and throws their energy into that, what could you possibly do to help ground yourself and all that
0: I guess one of the things that I sort of hold as a mantra is you can only do what you can do and that's something that I'm having to lean into a lot more as I'm faced with my own inadequacy constantly it's yeah the words that sort of stuck with me um, from when I was a very young youth worker and just feeling the weight of the world and 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 it's something that I've held on to you know throughout my whole career at all where we are today and, and I guess just coming to terms with that you know that I can't do more than I can do so I can only do what I can do and and that's that I do everything I can do but I can't do more and and even just learning you know you mentioned busyness I really am learning to hate that word <laughs> um, busy just starting to accept life is life um, things are the way they are you know um, not in a sense of like things the other way they are so we shouldn't do anything about them you know we do what we can but that life is messy and it's hard and it's you know full and kids don't go to sleep and they go on three six months sleep strikes and they uh, <laughs> um, don't give you any rest and you know like it's just life um, and learning in the middle of this instead of like trying to wish that it was something else and wish that, you know, things were easier or the kids would go to sleep or that, you know, Wesley would stop getting up every, you know, three minutes. You know, like it's just the way it is. You know, this is what life is. It's beautiful, but it's it's messy. And learning just to enjoy the moments. And for me to like to to sense and to experience the divine through all of these things. Through the moments of, of joy that these kids have and, and seeing the world through their eyes through you know the, the three minutes that you get to just sit on the grass um, before someone comes and spits up over you or um, you know for the five minutes when the kids are just quiet um, in between I'm sort of having meltdowns you know like to find rest in the moments of fullness that's that's something that I'm learning more and more of
1: that's really good. Thanks, honey. I I really admire Aaron and his courage in sharing this and continuing to to press on and I know he does it very little for himself and very much for um those people whom he loves and who love him and he yeah. So, I want to thank you for your courage and for for sharing with us, is there any any final things you wanted to to say?
0: Yeah um I guess you know if this if you're listening to this and this you know the thing that you experience and maybe you know you haven't put the words to it or you're not getting support for it or you haven't you know started to reach out, you know I know how hard that is to reach out, but you know I just encourage you that you're loved and that you are enough. Um, things are hard, and sometimes life sucks, and that's all true. But you're very much loved, and if you're a friend of someone that you think maybe, maybe dealing with this, maybe experiencing um, depression or anxiety or whatever that is, um, just maybe to note that it is really hard to reach out. You know, whenever we have mental health awareness week, there's the you know there's the status that goes up that says, "Hey, you know, if you're struggling with this, reach out to me. You know, I'll be there for you." I mean, that's beautiful and it's great, but actually, sometimes when you're really in that, you need someone to go above and beyond to help you get out of it, to reach out to you and to stop, to not give up, to keep reaching out, to keep being there, to keep asking, "Hey, are you okay?" To keep, you know, just showing. But you care so yeah you know, be that person for someone if you can um, I was just sort of sitting here reflecting and I have a mate that um, you know that was that for me you know before summer even that probably paved the way that was someone who sort of reached out to me a lot and probably doesn't know what he did for me in that but showed me that someone someone cared for me so yeah you can be that person for someone else and and I guess just speaking to to people who are in the the caring profession. If you're, you know, someone who who works to serve others, like, just remember you can only do what you can do, and that you matter too. I think that's something that if we can hold on to, going into this new year.
1: Yeah, and I guess from me for those who are journeying alongside someone who's journeying with depression or other mental health struggles, that it is not at all easy but these are people that we love and care about and you're doing a good job whatever you're able to do you're doing a good job and the do what you can do is something Aaron says to me every day and that's for you too and we we learn we learn every every day about how to work better as a team and to care and support for one another and um and the the journey can just get better. Can learn how to better work work as a team and better support one another to, um, to be healthy and and more whole. So, keep going even when it's hard. Thanks for thanks for joining us for this rather personal episode. I'll let Aaron I'll let Aaron finish off.
0: Appreciate you listening in. Hope it's been helpful in some way. And thank you, Summer, for um yeah for everything for journeying with me through this hard stuff. Glad we get to do it together. Love you, honey. Love you, too. And we love you all of you. All of you. You're all loved. Amazing people. Keep being here. You're awesome.
1: Gotta keep it.
0: Whole episode now you don't want to say anything. hey hey a just a little do a
1: little they call it penny whispers i call it you've been listening to windham's of silent the podcast rate and review us on itunes or wherever you are listening and join the conversation by following us on facebook twitter or instagram the music from this podcast is from the album dissonance by Jess jackson and leon shelley listen to more from these artists on spotify